You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Views from the Bridge, your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast. We are still here, I think. Um... We've watched some Union games over the past couple of weeks. There's a, uh, I'd say, fairly big one coming up on Tuesday night. Uh, so we wanted to talk about it all. But before I, before we do that, I'll, I guess I'll introduce. Uh, I, I'm Justin, and I'm not Evan. I'm not as, I don't know. That's better or worse, I'm not Evan. Um, <laughs> you can decide. I, I'm not, hold on, hold on, hold on, one, one second, one second. I just can't get the picture out of my head of you introducing yourself to people. It's like, hi, my name is Justin. Um, you may know me as not Evan. Um, you know, it's just like a casual thing that you go through your day doing. Yeah, I That's, wish I could, but I don't know I really that our well. podcast is big enough for that. Uh, that was, that, that was Paul Cofino Jr. speaking. <laughs> How are you? Hello, everybody. I hope you're oh, feeling man. the vice coming up for oh, this, uh, this matchup. Yeah, going to get in some action. Going to wear some pink button-up shirts. Maybe Let's... go bleach your hair. I don't Oops. know. What are you guys yeah, yeah. doing? Uh, Miami's coming you know, to the town. Whatever, we'll see. And uh, Chuck Booth is here. <laughs> if, 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 you, if you wear pink... I'm not sure we're not recording with you anymore. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad I put on purple. Uh, it's, it's not quite there. Close, though. It's close. Uh, the pink one's <laughs> hanging up. And I promise it's uh, not a messy jersey. I can't say thrif- that. It's, was it the thrifted pink not. shirt that you bought Sorry. to wear to the Barbie movie? That's my mm-hmm. question. No. No, it was not. Um, actually... Uh, I had a Celta Vigo one a, a long time ago, but I just recently acquired oh, nice. the Juventus one with the star on it. That was like all. That was like a childhood. Like every time I get FIFA Ultimate, I'm picking this jersey, and it just became available on my totally legal site that I use, and uh, I picked it up. And yeah, I'm real happy, boy. Real, real happy about it. But well, be I heard right. before we get started tonight, Paul. I heard you have a treat for us or something. Or something along the lines of what I don't know what you're doing here, but you you have a you have a treat for us. Well, yeah, I do. And like I, I'm always in the boat of, you know, you should save dessert till after dinner. But you know, before we get into the meat of this, um, it's no it's no surprise that Messi is coming to town here to Philadelphia. Um, he's gonna be staying in Center City. Yes, he's He's I just I, I wanted to get your opinion as to what you think he's going to do while he's here um, and then get your uh, get your personality score based on these results as to uh, how you feel about Messi coming to town. Well, so um, his tourist stop, like, you know, he's pretty much got a good portion of tomorrow to really go anywhere he wants to. Uh, you're thinking Reading Terminal, Art Museum, Liberty Bell or the Pothole on 16th hmm. and Walnut. Uh, well, I, I I had one that was. You can absolutely submit your own answers. There's a whole scoring guideline for submitting your own. Well, he's he's got to visit the trash incinerator. <laughs> you know, just to get the authentic feel of where he's actually playing soccer and everything that goes on in the area that you know the union we're supposed to help improve that we're still working on building a waterfront um i mean it it is happening now this time but a lot longer than uh we expected and i really do want to know what Messi's um reaction will be walking through those unpaved parking lots <laughs> he can't get a rock in his shoe he just crushes it it turns to <laughs> dust i just doesn't phase him because like literally just like walk walking up ha- like it's just the arrival to the stadium is gonna have to be like i came to america to play soccer where 
Yeah, it had to have known, but it's gonna hit him. I'm just thinking. Just can you imagine the scenes like... if that dude shows up to Reading Terminal Market? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I need. Yeah. I'm. <clears throat> well, it'll be like the it'll be like the um, sponsored grocery trip run where everyone was so polite and not paid actors at all, so that they could just like snap a couple of photos and. No, but if anybody from Roading Terminal Market actually listens to our podcast, way. whatever that Cuban stand right in the middle of that Roading Terminal Market, I had a po' boy over there the other day. That was amazing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my god they they do not. Have it. I was. I, any you could have brought up any place in that spot, and I was like, <laughs> if, he, if he mentions that Cuban yeah. gone right in the middle, I'm give me, like, ah. Oh, give me, give me a shrimp. This is, give me a shrimp. This is why we any work, day, man. Justin. I'll take it. This is why we work. Damn. All right, but like it, maybe his tourist uh, mindset isn't based on food, and his whole food fixation is going to be on a cheesesteak. He's going to Pat's, Jim, Steve's, or Cleaver's. Cleavers is right around the corner from his hotel, mind you. I've never heard of Cleavers. Cleavers is amazing. Um, (laughs) Out of places that I've had, Jim's has been my favorite, but unfortunately the one closest to me burned down and may never open Are you talking about South Street? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're they're not building other gyms there. I I don't think Messi does a cheesesteak. Which is unfortunate. No, I don't think so. You don't think his body can handle it? Or you think he just doesn't want one? Well, I mean, I think, especially with, like, Argentinians and just steak in general, um,. (laughs) I don't think a cheesesteak would fit his palate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like it it went in Rome kind of thing. A little mayo. It was just... (laughs) I don't think that sentence Englishly, (laughs) grammatically works. So... (laughs) Just add a little mayo. Listen, listen, listen. My wife went went to Argentina Uh, in in high school for like a, you know, a cross-cultural trip or whatever. And the one thing she tells me about all the time is how much they love their mayo in in Argentina. They throw mayo on everything. And so, like, maybe he does a cheesesteak but throws a bunch of mayo on it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And he gets a cheesesteak hoagie. He gets a cheesesteak hoagie. Yes. There's the compromise. Actually, so speaking of, yeah, what, since I am not a native Philadelphian, what is... A cheesesteak hoagie because Brian and I were actually ordering dinner today from Rosario's down the street from us, and they have cheesesteaks and they have cheesesteak yes. hoagies. I have always known it to be uh, that you're getting a cheesesteak, but with the core guts of a hoagie, yeah. which would be lettuce, tomato, mayo, uh, and usually on okay, it. Usually so on my, my assumption roll. was correct, but. Got you. Yeah, because my my assumption was that it was non traditional cheesesteak toppings, where you're not literally getting a cheesesteak because it should not have. It's the best of both worlds, but both worlds really don't fit together that well, and it's a bit messy. <laughs> it's a bit oh, messy. <laughs> it's it's perfect for messy. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Whew. Bump said oh, spike God. myself. You're I need to move on before my head explodes and I start railing off puns. Um, and then the final thing in Philly is obviously almost getting hit by a car. Uh, does he hold up a singular finger? Does he yell, oh! <laughs> does he not care less because he's messy? Or does he kick a ball at the car, which causes it to hit a light pole because the tire gets knocked off with the curve on the ball? I think he megs the car. You know what I mean? He makes the car he and does a little pirouette car. around the side of the car, <sighs> and actually, the car doesn't hit him. <laughs> you would be so much fun on Match Game, Justin. I, I love these answers. I really do. Oh man, <laughs> Chuck, what do you got? <laughs> uh, well, he's just gonna do like his 
Thor reenactment somehow come up with the hammer and destroy the car. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, I will calculate these scores at a later date because, it, surprisingly enough, <laughs> I had nothing past this. But I'm glad you guys are getting in the spirit of Messi and Philly because, quite frankly, I think the Union earned this graced by his presence, the GOAT, uh, in this League's Cup tournament, which has been pretty yeah, fun. Yeah. Just, All right, well, let's get to the soccer. So we haven't recorded in, like, forever, so... I figure I'd get a I'd get a little bit of a moment of how we got here to this point of playing Messi in the semifinal of the League's Cup. Oh, uh, real quick, before yes. you do that, I would like to explain why we have been absent. Um, we were not scheduled for any podcasts on the League's Cup schedule. Yeah. Um, they just, like, didn't schedule us. So we just kind of sat here twiddling our thumbs like, what do we do? Uh, and then we just got the message that we had to record because uh, it's in our contractual obligation to talk about Messi for seven minutes on every podcast now, and uh, to yep. record yeah. before this. Game. That's where we've been. Absolutely. That's so, where we've been. Uh, before the 2010... I mean, I also have to be um, dedicated to following Messi. Well, before the 2010 <laughs> FC Barcelona team comes to Subaru Park, uh, let's talk about the rest of this tournament. Uh, started out with a 3-1 win against Club Tijuana. Uh, Gazdag got a PK early. Carranza scored twice. We were up 2-0 tw- 20 minutes into the game and a man up and uh, finished that one off 3-1. <laughs> Kataro came in. Uh, after that, we beat them 5-1 the first time we played them. Gazdag with a hat trick, two of them on penalty kicks. Uh, and then Harriel McGlynn got a goal apiece. The next game, uh, once we hit the knockout stages, DC came to town and... Um, Nobody scored. And uh, then Gazdog missed, I might be his first ever penalty kick in a Philadelphia Union uniform. I don't know. And then Karan, I guess. Uh, besides that. MLS Cup uh, final. <laughs> well, the, those right. at least right. aren't counted. Uh, Gazdog missed, but then Carranza, Elliott, McGlynn, Bueno, and Mbazo, uh all converted for a 5 to 4 win against DC. Next game, New York Red Bull came in. Uh, Harriel got the goal in regulation to make it 1-1, and then Elliot Ure, McGlynn, Carranza, Bueno uh, all took up uh, took PKs in that game. And then, uh, and then obviously, the recent 2-1 win against Kataro, Bueno, and Donovan with the goals there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I was... Yeah. When, when we were talking before you recorded... Yeah, uh, you pronounce Caratro. Caratro. I have no way. idea what it actually um, is. No, I, and here's the Kuratoro. thing: I don't even think I'm right. So, like, I was hoping you would do a different, uh, uh, oh, yeah. what is it, pronunciation of the team that we just beat. We, yeah, <laughs> every time you brought up. Um, what? Okay. Isn't it Caratro? Queso. I thought it was Queso. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I watched the game the other night. Okay, we're 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 not gonna. We're, we're, oh, it, it is very hard to pronounce their name, but we're not gonna do the thing where so, we. So what is it, Chuck? Call a Mexican team name any. Dish. Please, please enlighten <laughs> me because it, it's been killing me. What is it? I didn't hear it. I just said uh, it one more time. Carretero. Nice. All right. Okay. So obviously, we'll talk about that game, and we'll talk about the two, Good. The, the most recent game. But guys, anything from the first four games of this tournament? Obviously, um, you know, I, PKs obviously help a game and help, and and Gazdag has three of them in this tournament uh, in regulation and all of that. But anything else from this tournament overall, and kind of what you think of of the unit's performance so far? It's nice to see them making uh, penalties. Uh, you know, that when you look at a team that last season went to MLS Cup Final and were a penalty shootout away from getting it, you would like to see them be able to step up and perform in the situation again before you get to that moment and have to have a full-blown anxiety attack. So they've won two penalty shootouts in this tournament. 
and uh, it didn't happen in league play, which is why I think generally this has been a good thing for the Union because they're getting this experience in high-pressure situations and it really doesn't affect their current standing in the Eastern Conference. Like, they're finding some good penalty takers on this team in places that we didn't necessarily uh, expect them to look, which is great. I mean, Glesnes hasn't had to take one. And uh, there were many people who were questioning his abi- right. uh, questioning why he wouldn't be an option to do so. Because, man, that dude can just shoot right at the net and probably no one wants to get in the way of it. But... It, Bueno being such a revelation in in open play and from the spot has been pretty fantastic to take in. Also, so can can we talk about um, attacking Nate Harriel? Because, like, these past couple of games, he obviously scored the goal and then also just has been bombing forward, I guess, um, does kind of happen with, you know, Izo handing in his transfer request that doesn't seem to have been granted, but just knowing that he needs to show between now and next year that they should be buying a backup right back and not a starting right back. Um, see, seems to have at least been taking the reins with that. Um, on the other end of the spectrum is, uh, where has Julian Carranza been since the beginning of the tournament? I'm not very sure. Yeah, I mean, the press is on, but that's... About it for Julian. Like, and it's very evident because he gets into the spaces normally, and I I don't really know, guys. Because we because it's like we we know we know the other side was just kind of an issue, but there were were always two reliable cogs in the attack, and now there's one and. He's nursing and knee injury and will be a game time decision. So it's great. And actually, I mean, we don't really know how fit Carranza is currently either leading into this game. Yeah, I'd I'd say this this uh this tournament has been interesting, right? Because Mexican teams, I think in general, just have a different <laughs> style of play than than a lot of MLS teams do. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that Carranza doesn't match up well against Mexican teams or whatever. That's not that's not my thought there, but uh I'm just thinking like does the way when Carranza has to play against potentially more technically gifted defenders does he not do as well? Like is that a is that a thing? But that's what's that's what's weirder because his be- his best game was against um, Tijuana, and while and, and even his first goal he still scored while they had actually when was the red card in that game? Uh, Might have actually, uh, yeah. His his first goal was scored while they still had eleven men on the pitch, and Ferretero does have a worse defense than them. But since that first game, it's just been like very weird, and that's even with playing two MLS teams that he knows in DC United and the Rebels. Yeah, I mean, like the pre- the whole thing with him is, you know, sometimes he doesn't need to affect the game in in the goal tally if he's still implementing the press correctly and forcing mistakes for other people, um, and that that has been there, <laughs> but to an extent because it's really just not producing the same results that we've just really come to know from him, and uh, it's. 
it's a bit worrying. But the, the thing that has me not wholly stressed about it is, is he's about to get his revenge game against his old team and the stakes and the stage couldn't really be any higher. I think he's going to play through this injury and I kind of think he's going to ball out because this is the time to do it. You have, you, you have the spotlight of the world on you. And if Carranza comes out and drops a goal assist game uh, in front of the world, we can all but kiss him <laughs> goodbye in the winter transfer window. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. well, that he also has the illustrious prize of a potential messy shirt swap on the line. Oh, surely. Surely. I, 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 any sports book that has that out there, that better be negative odds because that, that's like when, not if. Well, Messi already looks for whatever Argentinian player he can swap with after the game. So it should be just a natural swap. But um, you would hope that he actually swaps it with someone who, you know, plays well. I'm putting my dark horse on Martinez. Like, I feel like he's going to get the most physicality from Martinez that he's gotten this whole time. And he's going to respect the hell out of it and do the swap with him. That's that's my dark horse pick for a jersey swap. <laughs> Catch Carranza on the flippy flop. I mean, that that would be pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, it really would. It'd be an iconic moment. Really validate sure. Philly toughness. I think. I mean, I think in in some sense for Carranza, I feel like the mentality's still there. Yeah, the results haven't been there, but that happens for strikers in in some sense. And I think it's a little bit different of how he has been handling it versus how uh, the other striker has been handling it. Um, I think like he he's still playing full games. He's still you know slotted both you know, made both of his PKs in the penalty shootouts. Like, the mentality is still there for Carranza. I think, you know, he's he's just in a little bit of a drought. But, yeah, I think you're right, Paul. I think, like, he he knows, like, what he's playing for this, you know, upcoming here. And so he's I, – I would not be surprised to see him ball out a little bit, uh, you know, on Tuesday night for sure. Um, yeah, and, I, and I'm not – and I – I don't want to say I'm like super concerned about it, but it has been very telling, especially when we may have to yeah, play this sure. game without Gostock in the middle. Yeah, I mean, it becomes a first. It becomes one of these first world problems for MLS teams when we have to talk about it because when a game go when you have two games go to penalty kicks afterwards and you don't have that decisive moment you have that opening for questions. Like usually in certain games, like when you look back to last season or even earlier in this season, we didn't have to dwell too much on these issues because Carranza was coming out and performing so well that it didn't really become a thing that had to blip on the radar as a concern. But when it's him, it becomes very noticeable uh, because these games are very, very much within reach up until the dying minutes and you know that it does enable other players to have to step up and rise to the occasion which they have um but you would hope that they wouldn't have to but speaking of players who rose to the occasion there's two two more things here um one is Jesus Bueno oh and that Oof. he's just had a very Pleasant tournament. Um, it's been great to see that, you know, uh, other midfielders on this team do exist. Um, like, I mean, genuinely just happy to see him playing and playing well because it was very easy to forget that he was on this team at times. Uh, I think we go back on Twitter and see quite a few jokes about people who were even questioning if he was ever going to make it to the bench. Uh, yeah, he's made it to the bench. And uh, quite frankly, some people don't want him to come off it. They, they want him in at all times. And uh, I 
Yeah, I, I see why. Had, I mean, I think he's had a great tournament so far, and I think like one of the things that I it's a good I have appreciated yeah. about Bueno is, um, or, or or one of the things that helps Bueno, I think, is is having some of the times where he's played before, he's played without Jose Martinez behind him, uh, and and in this tournament he's had Martinez there, and so I think that does make him more effective than, um, yeah, what he could otherwise be, um if he's playing, you know, the base of the diamond or playing with flock at the base of the diamond. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit good in that situation. Yeah. 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 It's also pretty clear that like, he's not a defensive minded midfielder and this has been a good time for the union to not need him to be one. (laughs) Yeah, it, it's very very much stars have aligned for him to show where he works. And now that you get to see it, because a lot of times with these players, you don't get to see it. And it's always like, what could have been? But, like, the Union's injury woes have really come at opportune times for their depth to shine. And that could also be the case in regards to Bueno. It could be in case of Ty Baribo coming in. Uh-huh. Or Kai, Kai, Ty, Ty or Kai, Ty. That's that's cool. Kick ass. Um, and one Chris Donovan. <laughs> yeah, I was w- waiting for when we were um, done with Bueno. Gonna yeah. lead into the person who now um, needs a statue. <laughs> wow, needs a statue. I don't know that I go that far. Needs but, a statue. Right, you know, whatever you. I mean, he got you the game with Messi. You get to have Messi here because Chris Donovan decided to time that run with the ball pretty perfectly and put it in. Because, man, there are some people who have missed some if from they that end up winning the tournament. If they end up winning the tournament? Yeah. Carretero won how many penalty shootouts? Two? They've also won two penalty shootouts, yeah. right? Something in like this that. tournament? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you only need a certain amount of tests in taking PKs. I think two <laughs> is enough to learn your lesson and know where your good guys are. Go win the damn game this time. Like, right? Because <laughs> you leave it up to fate that many times, I don't know if it's going to roll your way. But Chris Donovan made it happen. He, he got the minutes that he was given and he made it work. He's been making it work a little bit more each time he gets on there, and the penultimate result was that goal in 101st. Unreal. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. I mean, he, like, he now has two goals and one assist in, what is it, like, 13 appearances? And, like, those 13 appearances aren't, like, any more than 20 minutes. Right. Yep. That's impact sub. That's impact sub. Defined. I think he had, like, one I think he had like one start. But, it yeah, it, at least, like, he has grown from a point where you basically wanted to turn the game off when he entered to where he now has to come off of the bench before Quinn Sullivan. Or Joaquin Torres, for that matter. We're not. Joaquin Torres doesn't need to see the field (laughs) ever again. The beginning of this season. The dichotomy of Chuck's opinion. (laughs) But I've already made this point after. Like... You can't watch that first game and not be wowed by what he did. And then he's just kept trying to recreate that, trying more and more ridiculous things each game since. Like, if he did the simple things and then it's like, okay, because you can do those, then, like, yeah, go make people and, like, do a rainbow. Um, But, like, trying to take on everyone when you're not actually beating your man and losing the ball in critical moments at a must-win game because 
no one wants to go to penalties. And then shooting when you shouldn't shoot, when there are plenty of players who, you know, can put the ball in the back of the net, it's a major problem. And it it is like kind of unfortunate that we are at a place depth wise where Jim Curtin has to give him minutes. But to be absolutely fair, in the one hundredth minute of the Carretero game, he did hit that pass that set up Cog- uh, Wagner for that cross. But Jack McGlynn also probably hits that pass in that situation. So, like, you know, to each their own. It was an amazing pass. It was very well-timed and well-placed in the situation. But everything else leading up to that, yeah, <coughs> not great. Yeah, and it's just, like, if you take advantage of those moments, you – well, and yeah, I mean, that was my kind of big takeaway from this, this last game is I think the union probably could have put that game away multiple times before the hundred hundredth and first minute or hundredth minute. Uh, but unfortunately it didn't happen. And so we got stuck with having the late goal, but I think, I mean, the, the reality was, it seemed like the union were the better team all night long. It just, the goals didn't fall this time. If you want an interesting stat, so Joaquin Torres has 12 matches played with 342 <laughs> minutes with a goal and an assist in MLS play. So this isn't counting the tournament. Chris Donovan has 11 matches played, 225 minutes and a goal and an assist. So their stats are pretty much equal, but we have differing opinions about them. And they have turn-tabled for sure. It does help that they play very yes. different. Well, it does help that they play very different positions. So, like, we don't yes. really need Chris Donovan to beat his man. Like, he just needs to, you know, come out, press a little bit. And, like, if he does something once he gets the ball, like, great. And, I mean, right now he is uh, also doing – a little bit more than um, Mikel. A lot of people doing a little more than Mikel. Ooh, right Mikel. I know it's it's terrible, but I just can't get his name. And honestly, after Jim Curtin's assessment of that last game, I might not have to. (laughs) Well, anyway, I mean, the union, I don't know this turn. We can talk about this. We'll, we'll talk about kind of overall impressions of this tournament and like what we think the union have done. Uh, But regardless of the results to this point and, and where the union (laughs) are, uh, they have set up a matchup with, uh, the 2010 Barcelona team plus Robert Taylor and Joseph Martinez uh, on Tuesday night, uh, which if you were lucky to pay $700 for tickets, you're headed to the game, I guess. Um, but other than that, just to kind of set up where Miami have been. So Miami have, well, have also- not been good this season. Uh, they have 18 points in MLS play. Uh, and so they're sitting bottom of the East, 12 points off of the, uh, playoff spot, which I'm sure they will make up by the end of the season based on the way they're playing so far. Um, they beat Cruz Azul two to one. They beat Atlanta United four to nothing. They beat Orlando city three to one. They beat, they tied FC Dallas four to four and won that shootout five to three. And then they beat inter or they beat charlotte four to nothing so that's how the this miami team has gotten to where they are obviously they're playing with the star-studded cast of of sergio busquets jordi alba and uh someone named Lionel messi i don't know if you've heard of him before um but guys i don't know like what are your thoughts going into this game do the union have a chance in this game what what do they need to do to put themselves in a position to win the game They have the best chance besides Cruz Azul to uh, make this game happen because Cruz Azul at least had the chance to get 
too messy before he had a full chance to uh, get his feet planted. And as soon as he put that free kick in, it, it was kind of decided that he was going to just run ship from now on. This is his league. Uh, it, it will be funny to see where he finishes in the Golden Boot race in Major League Soccer because I genuinely believe he could make top five even missing half the season. Um, regardless. Oh, that's already an article that I'm going to be writing when MLS returns. I'm hyping up your work for you, Chuck. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the Union have the best chance. They have the best keeper in the league. They have two of the most imposing center back uh, duo. Nah, I'll rephrase that. They have the most imposing center back duo in the league. They have one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. Um, so that's going to be like really tough for them. And I know they want to get wide, but the fullbacks have looked really good as well. Like Nate Harriel has really shown in his work as a wingback. Kai Wagner's awesome. Uh, everything really needed to contain that Miami attack. As long as the pressure on Busquets is there, they've got it. Like they've got the chance, the, the press from the attacking midfielder, needs to be constant on Busquets. That's like really just where it comes down to, which makes the Carranza Gazdag injuries so damn important. Because whoever you put there, I mean, the goal doesn't even have to be created at this point. You can make that happen down the flanks and get balls into your box. Whoever's there just cannot let Busquets do a one Mississippi on the ball. And that's that's where it'll really come down to, like, shutting it down and making it your game. It's absolutely possible for Philadelphia to do this. Because, again, Messi, uh, Miami got new players. Did, they did not get a new team. Yeah, I would, I, I would agree with your flank assessment, too. Well, they, I mean, I would agree with your flank assessment, just thinking, play. like, Kai Wagner. Jordi Alba's not on Kai Wagner's side of the field. So, like... Kai Wagner is still going to be able to kind of run rampant in this game if he wants to. And he's got to be able to get down the wing and like put balls in. I'm a little bit worried about Harold getting up the field because Jordi Alba will get behind him then. But like you, you know, you, you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to put pressure on Busquets. You're totally right on that, uh, on that front. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, particularly concerned about how the midfields match up because I do think that the union midfield is well drilled enough to go man for man with Miami because it's like at the end of the day you don't have to go man for man with Messi no one in the world can do that we already know that you just have to shut off everyone who's supplying yes the problem is honestly going to be with Jack Elliott and Jacob Glasnos. Because their moments of falling asleep, which do sometimes get punished, will 100% be punished by Miami. Because even when Messi hasn't gotten forward and like done something ridiculous, Robert Taylor has. And... They've done such a good job of using Messi's gravitational pull to just say, hey, Robert Taylor, go long. Someone will find you. And then if he doesn't score the goal, he's assisting the goal. Um, I do 100% hope that they still stick with this, like, starting Joseph Martinez thing, even though they shouldn't be. Because if Campana does start the game that's when you really do begin getting concerned because he is actually involved in the game, whereas Joseph has just been making penalties and going about his day. Um, But if the Union attackers are actually healthy, there is absolutely no way in this world that Miami can stop them from scoring at least three goals at home. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, that that seems to be the setting up of where my prediction comes in. 
I uh, think 3-3 is kind of written in the stars, and it's one more penalty shootout for the Union, which they will unfortunately lose in. Um, <laughs> but a hell of a game. <laughs> like, a hell of a game that you're going to have here. Uh, I'm not normally a pessimist about this. It just seems to be the nature of the beast. And also, if I choose to bet on that prediction, uh, none of my sports bets have been accurate this season. So either way, (laughs) we're getting a result, guys. Uh, Oh, man. I I think... (laughs) I I mean, it's it's hard to know, right? I think, like, I think... I mean, I think both of you are right. I think that in at least in the midfield, um, the the union have probably a better chance to um, match up against Miami than any other team has so far. Um, I'm not sure the teams that Miami have played in this tournament are all that good, all of them. Um, so I'm not surprised that they, you know, and they gave up four goals to Dallas. So. Um, potentially like we can score against that defense. I, I will say it's weird, not even thinking messy, but it, like, it's weird what the union have done against Miami this season already, like losing to nothing and winning four to one. Like, I don't think both of those results were real weird. And so I think, I don't know how to like predict this game or how to, how to think about like, Oh, what is going to happen in this game? But I do I do think you're right that if somebody in MLS has a chance to beat Miami, like Philadelphia is a pretty good shout to, to do that. Um, Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where this tournament goes from here. And, and I think the big takeaway from this game will be that, you know, even if Philadelphia doesn't come through and win the game, that there is a formula for beating Messi and kind of neutralizing him completely. And if Jim's the one to implement that, and the, those guys are the one to execute it, people will take notice. Um, and it seems it seems to me that that's going to be the case. There's going to be a level of respect there that, you know, might not have been there at the beginning of this endeavor for this Miami rejuvenation that there is a formula to potentially beating this Miami team. You just need to execute it properly. And I feel like that's what Jim does really well. If the injuries aren't as bad as we uh, hope they won't be, (laughs) then, you know, this is going to be a complete side that Miami has to break down and one that has proven that against all the competition in this tournament, you haven't faced a team like this. Chuck, the question that I have for you, you talked about the center back pairing for the union and the falling asleep that Glesnes and Elliot can do sometimes and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does, does Damian Lowe play this game? He's thinking about um, it. I, there's it, not a delay in the video. Oh, I was just say, does, does Damian Lowe play this game? No, Uh, I hope so. Um, (laughs) I kind of think he, because the, the, the only, the only thing that kind of gives you room for error when it even comes to those situations is when Damian Lowe plays. Uh, Also, let's see. So I want to see, has... Has um, uh, no, doesn't look like Martinez has actually started against Messi. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was some overlap at some point, but um, maybe not enough for a huge sample size. Of them playing but... against each other at some point in time, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, maybe Justin, maybe. I'm trying to think, too, because it definitely would have met in a couple tournaments. I'm pretty sure it was this past spring, or, or like, it wasn't even that long ago. It was just, like, sometime in the last little bit, but I I couldn't tell you uh, 
can tell you if that's true or not. Uh, yeah, I'm furiously, I'm furiously Googling right now um, to see just because like I am curious and I mean, the good thing is even if he hasn't specifically faced Messi himself, can hopefully tap into his national teammates on things that the union can potentially do here. We'll just go ahead and finish out the show with any closing thoughts, Justin. Well, yeah. Um, I one of my questions, I guess, going forward, and and, and we can talk about this because obviously there's there's still you know even if you lose this game to Miami, there's still a third place game, which I think. If you get into the third place game, get you into the CONCACAF Champions League. Am I correct about that? Um, yes. And so I think, like, you know, there's still something to play for. And, and obviously, either way, um, you know, the Union had a heated matchup against Nashville a couple a couple months ago. So that could be a, a nice revenge game. Uh, and then, and then obviously, playing Monterey is a, good, is a good test, no matter kind of what situation that is. Um, but, like, overall in this tournament, like kind of no matter what happens from here, do you feel like it's a successful tournament for the union or do you feel like the union have gained something from this tournament or have they lost the, you know, like how do you feel like the union have, have performed or it has this been a successful tournament for the union? Um, I mean, I, I think it's a success if these injuries aren't as serious and uh, long-term effective as they could be uh, in regards to Gazdagger and Carranza. Everything else is a success. I mean, they've hosted well. All of these games have been at home. They haven't had to travel for any of this tournament. Um, They've gotten the PK shootout experience, like I said earlier, which is something you just don't get in MLS games, which is huge. Like, it's, again, one of the few things I think this team genuinely needed to figure out, and I think they have. Uh, and you get to have Messi come play in your stadium. Like, I, I know people in Philly don't want to praise the GOAT as much as maybe some other do, which is, like, fine. I get it. You, you're you proud of your team, and you think they can beat everyone. That's cool. Uh, the game-recognized rec- game. Uh, you, you set up this for yourself, like Messi has to come here into your environment and you get to show him what Philly soccer is all about early in his career. That's a success. The union did that for you. Now you get to show up to this game and get to show Messi what it's all about. So like overall, I think the union have done a service to their fan base in regards to being able to set this up for them and not taking their foot off the gas in tournament play. Yeah, I would I would agree in some sense. I mean, I think like anytime you can get into knockout games and you're playing like a knockout tournament, like the more games you can win and the further you can go, the better. And and so I do think that you know, and and the union uh I won't say have struggled for, you know, struggled with um how do I say this the right way? I I don't you know, the union haven't struggled with notoriety on the on the large stage and they've gotten more as they've you know as the last couple years have gone on but I feel like in this game particularly you have the rest of the world watching Messi you have the rest of the MLS watching Messi you have um you know you this is just a big game you know everyone's kind of attuned to the Messi story I can't tell you how many of my casual soccer friends have texted me and asked about Messi being an MLS and blah, blah 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 and I'm like he hasn't even played an MLS game yet um, you know, and I think like that, that is big. And so the better, you know, the more you can do on this stage and, and it, and it didn't, you know, we didn't know where we were going to be at the beginning of the tournament, if this was even going to be a possibility. So you have to continue to win games and figure out where it's going to get to. But I think like for me, the, you know, it has been a successful tournament. The fact that you continue to win games. And like you said, the penalty shootouts are, are good you know, practice for MLS playoffs and MLS cup and, you know, all of that. And so I think like we, we need to continue to win to uh, continue to have those pressure moments and see kind of what happens going forward. So I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think, I think it has been a successful tournament in 
in the short run, um, and it could be a successful tournament in the long run if uh, what they've learned in this tournament continues forward in that sense. So Now, that is, of course, phrasing, uh, phrasing the question in a way, has this tournament been successful for the Philadelphia Union? Um, if you want to ask league officials from both leagues as to how that's going for them, they might give you a bit of a different answer. But we're not an MLS League I'm a podcast. We are a Philadelphia Union podcast. Maybe not your favorite, but we really appreciate you being here and getting this far <laughs> with us. <laughs> In some sense, though, like, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's like, uh, it, it has not maybe been a totally successful tournament as we've gone forward and all of that. But I do think in some sense, like, there's only so much you can do <laughs> and there's only like there's only so much that you can do like expect out of the first year of a tournament and so i do think that it has been a it has been a fairly successful first year of the tournament i think the idea is great i do think you know some of the travel issues and all of that 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 have been talked about at length need to be fixed but i do think like on the whole it has been a it has been a fairly successful tournament and i think it's worth continuing to pursue and and i do think like continuing to think about how we can maybe combine with comfortable and and some of the other uh uh teams down there as well uh could be really good so um not not a terrible tournament you know going going forward not the best but it was the first one so it is what it is i guess Well, that's probably all that we got here. Uh, we'll probably we'll probably wrap up there and uh, see what happens in this game on Tuesday. So Miami comes to town on Tuesday night. Uh, if you're not in the stadium, be somewhere near a TV because I think it's going to be a good one. And uh, we'll see what happens. So thanks for joining tonight, and uh, we'll see you after this Miami game. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTBPod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to DesignTree at dsgntree.com slash VFTB for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash VFTBPod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network, For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.